Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In your walk with Jesus, are there times when you doubt your faith? Do you ever hear God's calling over your life but don't have the faith to do what He says? In today's Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. wants you to know that no matter what, God's calling for your life will always be the best. Be a vessel for His kingdom and be saved. Now don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you could become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 9th, 2023. This bronze snake that Moses, by faith, is commanded to make in order to heal and save the people is put, lifted up, and put on that pole in the shape of a cross, just as Jesus was lifted up, put on that cross, and judged for our sin. So again, in the shape of a cross, and everything, by the way, throughout the Old Testament is a picture of this Roman cross before there was ever a Roman cross. Even the example, and we'll see this again in a moment, but even the priests in the tabernacle and subsequently the temple, everything, the wave offering, uh, up, down, left, right, shape of a cross. The pole, Moses, take this bronze snake, a picture of sin, judgment, put it on this cross before there was ever such a thing as crucifixion and the cross. The snake was, now watch this, this is so amazing. (laughs) The snake was horizontal on a vertical pole. Okay? Jesus, fully man, horizontal, and fully God, vertical, restores us to God, fulfilling the law, the Ten Commandments, the first five of which are vertical, and the second horizontal, the shape of a cross. Did you ever see the Ten Commandments that way? That's what they were, a foreshadow, a type of the coming Savior of the world, who would fulfill that law, instead of us, for us. Because we can't. I know it it might jam your gears, but never think for a second that the Ten Commandments were ever given to us, for us to keep. How's that working out for you? Uh, I broke all ten of them. I've even created some more on top of the 10. I can email you the list. I won't. So 
well, then what was it given to us for? To show us us as God sees us. The law is a mirror. (laughs) The law of God, the Word of God is a mirror that shows us us in our true condition. So what am I seeing in the mirror? As you get older, mirrors are not your friends. (laughs) So you see in the mirror your true condition, which is why you make all the changes. Well, by the way, you all look marvelous today. But you got this, you, you see yourself. What do you see in the mirror of God's law? You're a sinner, 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 you're a sinner. Times 10. You need a Savior, you need a Savior, you need a Savior, you need a Savior. And here comes the Holy Spirit, like that tutor, that, that schoolmaster that takes you by the hand from the law that you've broken and takes you to the Savior who fulfilled it. And you're saved. This was the only way to be saved, healed. Can you imagine you're an Israelite, and uncles, and aunties, and brothers, and sisters? (laughs) They're all getting bit by this thing, and and they're dying. You're going, whoa, what's up with this? You're like, Moses, do something, pray. And Moses prays. That to me is, because I don't know if I would have. I would have said, I'll get around to it. Just, uh, you need to, you guys, you, oh, you come to me now. You weren't saying that before, the snakes. And oh, now you want me to pray. Anyway, that's just me. I, come on, you would have done the same thing. So don't look at me all spiritual and everything. So, Imagine you're one of the Israelites, and this is happening. And this happened, by the way. And Moses makes this bronze snake, puts it on this pole in the shape of a cross, and says, you want to be healed? You want to be saved? All you have to do is look upon that. You're going, what? No, what's the catch? You're telling me that all i got to do, by faith, is look upon that pole with that bronze serpent and I'll be healed, and I'll be saved. And that's the only way. It's the only way. So too with Jesus. There's no way to the Father except through Him. He's the door, the only door, the only way, the truth, and the life. The serpent on the pole became an idolatrous symbol. For those of you that have been with us in our study through the Old Testament, This was a form of idolatry. They made an idol out of this thing. And so too, modern day, do you realize that the modern day symbol for the medical community is a corrupted, idolatrous version of this pole with the snake, except there's like two snakes, and except that it's not actually... Uh, a biblical symbol of the cross of Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross of Jesus Christ. It is a false god, an idolatrous false god, and the worship of the science god, not the god of science. And we've talked about that ad infinitum for quite some time now. This is one of many examples of how everything in the Old Testament points to the fulfillment of prophecy in the New Testament. 
If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the most fascinating prophecies in this regard, the aforementioned Passover prophecy would have to be it, and here's why. It's a prophecy pointing to and fulfilled by Jesus Christ vis-a-vis the crucifixion, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, The Feast of Passover. So it's the first of seven feasts, and interesting word for feasts in the original language of the Hebrew Old Testament. It's the same word in my native tongue of Arabic. It's the word Moad, and Moad carries with it the idea of a sign pointed to an appointed time or an appointment to be fulfilled yet future. Let me see if I can maybe illustrate it. So if I were to say to you in Arabic, I have just said that I have an appointment with you. There's an appointed time set that this Moad points to. So it's a sign. Here's another example. You're in town. You see a sign in Honolulu. says Kaneohe, 13 miles. That is a sign that points you to your final destination, specifically 47525 Kamehameha Highway in Kaneohe. Anyway, so that's, that sign now becomes, in a sense, a moad, because it's pointing you to your destination. And that's what these feasts were. Signs, moads, pointing to Jesus the Christ, who in his destination coming to earth would fulfill that which these pointed to. I want to kind of go through this again. I know famous last words. go through them quick. (laughs) Define quick. I'm not going to define quick. I'll go through them quick. Don't rush me. But these seven feasts are recorded in Leviticus 23, and all seven of them point to the person of Jesus Christ and were and will be fulfilled by the person of Jesus Christ. And here's how. The first four spring feasts were fulfilled at Christ's first coming, and the last three fall feasts will be fulfilled at the rapture and Christ's second coming. Let's go through this. You ready? Passover, the feast of Passover. That's clearly the crucifixion. Again, we'll expound more on it, but in the Exodus, they would have to take the blood of the lamb, put it on the doorposts of their house, and the angel of death would pass over them. Jesus was the Passover lamb. Jesus fulfilled the Passover prophecy in the crucifixion as the only begotten Son of God. What's the Feast of Unleavened Bread? The burial. Very important and fascinating details in Leviticus 23 concerning this particular feast. Because the bread, the second bread, there was three, the second person of the Trinity was buried. This is a fulfillment of the burial of Jesus Christ. First fruits, what's that? The resurrection. 
So you have the rising up from the ground, the first fruits. And it was fulfilled when Jesus rose from the dead. The first fruits, the first resurrection. And that was a fulfillment of this feast. What about Pentecost, or also known as the Feast of Harvest? Well, very interesting. (laughs) They're all interesting. But it was to take place on the day after seven Sabbaths, seven weeks. Seven times seven is 49. Add one day, 50. Five pent. That's where we get pentagram, pentagon, etc. So on the 50th, this feast was fulfilled in the book of Acts. On the day of Pentecost, when they're all in Jerusalem, all people, different tribes and tongues, and and they're in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, it was on the 50th day after the Feast of First Fruits. And that's when the church was born, the beginning of the church age on the day of Pentecost. So these are the four spring feasts. Fast forward, every feast from the Feast of Trumpets, the last three are yet future. And wouldn't it stand to reason that if Jesus fulfilled the first four spring feasts, that so too will He fulfill the last three fall feasts, beginning with the Feast of Trumpets. It's the one feast of the seven feasts of which no man knew the day or the hour, because it was predicated upon the moon in Jerusalem. This is also known in Hebrew as Rosh Hashanah. Rosh is the same word in the Arabic, only we pronounce it Ras, the head of the year. It's the new year. And the new year would not begin until the moon was at its perfect place, and usually over a period of time, about maybe three days, where you didn't really know, and then when it was, you would sound the trumpet, the shofar, and that was the Feast of Trumpets. Well, many, present company included, see this as being fulfilled in the rapture of the church. Uh, I know that there are many who uh, debate this. I don't intend to do that today. I'm fully capable of doing that today, as you well know. I won't. I will say, (laughs) maybe a little bit I will, Uh, I will say that you don't disturb or dismantle the doctrine of imminency concerning the rapture. The rapture can happen at any time. Even in fulfilling the Feast of Trumpets, with the rapture of the church. And the other argument is, these were for Israel. Well, wait a minute. Pentecost? Sounds a whole lot like the church to me. And by the way, uh, it's a beautiful, magnificent marriage of the church with Israel. Because the next feast after the Feast of Trumpets is Yom Kippur, Yom, same word in Arabic, Day of Atonement. This is the second coming of Jesus Christ at the end of the seven-year tribulation when the whole house of Israel comes to salvation, which is the purpose of the tribulation. 
It's for the salvation of the Jewish nation, and they will call upon him whom they pierced, and they will be saved, and atonement will be made. Yom Kippur. And lastly, the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths, as it's also known, is fulfilled in two ways. First, the kingdom age, the millennial reign, and eternity future. You see the beautiful order that is here, and interesting, this order parallels the divine order that's outlined in the book of Revelation. Now we've talked about this before. It's in chapter 1, verse 19, where John is told by the Lord to write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after. What is Jesus telling John to write? Past, present, future. Beautiful outline in the book of Revelation, pictured here, starting with past. John, write that which you have seen, that which you were an eyewitness of. Past. Jesus Christ crucified, buried, and resurrected. John was an eyewitness of that. I want you to write that. That's chapter 1. And it's a fulfillment again of the feasts, plural of Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits, just in chapter 1. Look at the order here. Present, chapters 2 and 3, the seven letters to the seven churches, the church age. And we're just at the very end, the Nat's eyebrow, I haven't used that for a while, and yes, Nat's have eyebrows, of the end of the church age, chapters 2 and 3, because chapter 4 on are all future. So what does this fulfill? The Feast of Pentecost, the church age. And by the way, in chapters 1 through 3, the word church is mentioned 19 times. Hang on to that, because it's going to come into play in a moment. Now, chapter 4, verse 1, so Ah, I'm overusing fascinating. If you have a good synonym, just let me know and I'll try it out. But I don't know what word to use. It's just, it's just magnificent. I already used that one too, didn't I? That's fine. Chapter 4, verse 1, John is told to come up here at the sound of the trumpet. He's caught up to heaven. Does that sound like the rapture to you? Because everything that he's going to write from chapter 4, verse 1 on, is all yet future, after metatauta in the Greek, after the things of church history in the church age. So here's what's going to happen after. The church gets raptured. Come up, John, because this is the rapture. Get up here. Trumpet, boo, come up. That was a horrible trumpet. (laughs) Whatever. Just come up here. And everything is future. He's in heaven because he's been caught up to heaven. Feast of trumpets. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Everything is future now. And in chapter 6 through 19, you have everything dealing with the seven-year tribulation. And wouldn't you know that the word church is not mentioned even one time 
in chapters 6 through 19 dealing with the tribulation. Why? Because the church is not in the tribulation. The church is raptured prior to the seven-year tribulation. So there's no church. Wait a minute, what about those other guys that, you know, didn't take the mark and they were martyred? They're not the bride. They're not the church. They're saints. They're saved. We'll see them in heaven. Wait, they're the ones that get saved in the tribulation? Yes. In fact, it can be argued the greatest revival, since that's kind of a big word these days, will happen after the rapture. How about that? We won't be here for it, so deal with it. The, the greatest revival, multitudes, and it's in Revelation. And John's kind of grasping this and like, there's so many, there that you can't even number them. Who are they? Oh, you know, they, they are those who have not taken the mark of the beast, have been martyred because they haven't taken the mark of the beast and they're wearing white robes, and they got saved in the tribulation. And the indication is that this is a very large number of people. So what feast is this? Again, Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, because at the end of the seven-year tribulation, the whole Jewish nation comes to salvation. So this is Yom Kippur, when atonement is made. And then what will take place after chapter 20. Did you know that that is all about the millennium, as is, my memory is correct, Jeremiah, throughout the book of Jeremiah, which we just completed, a lot of uh, prophecies concerning the millennium, the kingdom age. And this again is tabernacles and eternity future, which is chapters 21 and 22. That's the order, the divine order. Now, I want to talk with you briefly about the stunning prophetic parallel. How are you doing, by the way? Are we good? We're good? Is this cool or what? I do have a powerful uh, conclusion here. Just, I'll, I'll figure it out as we get closer to the end. But in other words, I'm going somewhere with this. Do you see the importance of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? and how it points to the return of Jesus Christ, and the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. So I want to take you through this. Uh, it, It is stunning. It is breathtaking. It is astounding. The parallels concerning Israel and the Exodus, and Israel and the tribulation. Because again, Israel goes through the tribulation and is saved in the tribulation. So I've only got like 500 more of these uh, charts. So In the Exodus, Israel is enslaved. In Revelation, Israel is afflicted. In the Exodus, Israel is oppressed and deceived by Pharaoh. In the tribulation, in Revelation, Israel is attacked and deceived by the Antichrist. In Exodus, you had two representatives, Moses and Aaron. In the tribulation, in Revelation, you have two witnesses, believed to be Moses and Elijah. In the Exodus, Israel calls out to, cries out to God, and he hears. And in the tribulation, during in the book of Revelation, Israel cries out to God, and God hearkens unto the voice of their cry. 
We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing. And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth.